1: what's going on everybody welcome back to another edition of the dfs og's podcast right here on rotogrinders.com back for another week talking everything week 11 with my boys notorious and head chopper we'll recap week 10 i'll see how we did in dfs see how the picks went uh, see how the golf went. I know Notorious big golf guy, so we'll see if he made any any money there. But let me bring in my fellow OGs here, Chop, Notorious. Noto. let's start with you, buddy. How'd the golf go? Uh, I know we got the NBA draft uh, coming up here. My Bucks making some moves. I woke up to a, a couple big trades there. So uh, let's start with the non-football stuff. We got an hour to talk football, but uh, how'd golf go? Any thoughts on NBA and then a recap week 10?
2: Yeah, watching the Masters was amazing. Uh, I think I could do that every weekend of the year. So uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. My lineups all bubbled, uh, at least in my main lineup, because uh, I decided to go with Xander over DJ. So that wasn't the best uh, decision. And then uh, the cut line ended up moving. um, You know, it was ended up being on Saturday morning, but it brought like 10 extra guys into the cut. So uh, that didn't help me either. But um, it was a fun week of golf, and then NFL, it felt like I got everything wrong, and I ended up breaking even almost to the dollar, uh, just because uh, everything went wrong for everyone else too. So one of those weeks where uh, I survived, and uh, I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah, strange to have the Masters, the NBA draft, the uh, NBA is going to have a, a frenzy of moves here, free agency, so uh, Chop, let's head over to you, any, any golf, how did that go, any thoughts on any of this NBA stuff, and of course, how was week 10, my man?
3: Yeah, it's uh let's see. The golf was good. I made some good lineups on DraftKings. I made one good lineup on DraftKings and and some good lineups on Yahoo and and so I was able to make some money in golf. Uh, week ten, kind of a break even. Like no, Like on DraftKings, I had a bad lineup on FanDuel. I had a good lineup. So and then on Yahoo, I had a break even lineup. So uh, ended up breaking even there. And then of course, like the big news going on right now. Yeah, we got all these uh, NBA moves. I, I got a feeling, man, I won't be rooting for James Harden very much longer, man. I got a feeling he's going to be moved pretty quick. I think spiraled out of control real quick. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, NBA is something else, man. They can always grab your attention, even even in the off season.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's exciting. And I know we're here to talk football, and some people are probably like, shut the hell up about the NBA by now. But like I said, I woke up to, to some trades and – you know, the Bucks clearly making moves to try to keep Giannis around yeah. uh, Westbrook and Harden come out and say they're unhappy. So how's that all going to work out? You know, you got the Warriors uh, return uh, to the NBA Curry back uh, clay and that group. So I- I'm excited. I-, I see how the draft goes and uh, looking forward NBA season a little over a month away. So we got a lot of football left, but I'll uh, be good to get NBA back in our lives as well. So, Let's get into the football here. Week 11 on tap here. We got another 11 game slate uh, on FanDuel and DraftKings. We'll focus mainly on DraftKings pricing. We'll go through our favorite bets for the week. Uh, we'll get a quick recap of how we did last week uh, as well. So let's start with Atlanta and New Orleans. We got Saints minus 551 on the total. And I just got asked, Chop, because it, it seems like there's some. some uh, some, uh, some crazy stuff going on here with new Orleans. You, you come on this pod last week and you tell us that, you know, if, if Jameis Winston is the quarterback for the saints, <laughs> that they are going to win the super bowl. So what happens? Drew Brees now out with a bunch of a cracked ribs on both sides and all kinds of stuff going on. And feels like a little bit of insider trading here. Chop, a little, some, some shady shit going on here. So what, did, did you have a voodoo doll of Drew Brees? Uh, did you place this bet on the Saints before all this happened? So, uh, I want to go to you here and ask ask about this and how we're feeling about this quarterback situation. And we could tie it in Week Eleven. Jameis, five point nine K here, obviously a good matchup. Atlanta been much better defensively uh, since some of the coaching changes, but still a good price there. Uh, let's let's go to you here and uh, tell me you got this bet in on the Saints before you took Drew Brees out.
3: No, I didn't get the bet in on the Saints. But uh I I got a feeling that, you know, well, when Drew Brees comes back, like the key thing in all this is I've heard is uh Drew Drew Brees will be back for the playoff run. So that's that's the key, man. That that's gonna hamper him in the playoffs. So I'm not really worried. Now uh, if he's out for the year, that's another story. But I like this move, man. I mean I like I like this I like this upgrade. I think this is an upgrade at quarterback. Like this is a tricky spot here. This is tougher than what you th- than what you're used to because like you said, Atlanta's playing better defense, but ultimately I think Jameis gives them more upside here. So I tell you, I really uh, I screwed up last week on DraftKings. I said I was I, I didn't make a particularly good team on DraftKings and sometimes it just comes down to one player and swings you a bunch of money in cash. And for me, I played Michael Thomas last week instead of Stefan Diggs. And the blitz told me man. The blitz said get Stefan Diggs, play Stefan Diggs. I said, no, man, they're the same price. I'm going to go with Michael Thomas, and that was just a bad move, man. I, I cost 21 points, and that 21 points swings you a lot of money in cash in head-to-heads and stuff like that. So that's, that was a rough one, but I got a feeling Michael Thomas is about to take off now. Jameis Winston, sure, he, he'll make mistakes, but he's got some arm, ta- arm talent, and I think Michael Thomas is going to be a big beneficiary there. And so, uh, I like Winston this week. I like Michael Thomas. I think this is a a big passing game for new Orleans. I don't know how accurate the numbers are and it's a small sample and all, but man, yeah, since the coaching change, since they've changed up their defense a little, Atlanta is absolutely stifling running backs. So I don't think we're going to get a a Latavius Murray game or a straight Alvin Kamara handoff game. I think it's going to all come from the passing featuring Kamara and Michael Thomas. So, uh, I'm, I'm in on this passing game quite a bit. And then on the flip side, Atlanta, yeah, I'm, I'm in on that passing game, too. This feels like a nice little shootout right here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ridley questionable. We're expecting him to be back this week. But uh, I made the same mistake. I actually featured Michael Thomas in my video. So you know how that went. Uh, so I, I was high on him expecting that we'd get some vintage Michael Thomas. I think it's a great spot to go back to. Anyone that played him, uh, like us, too, like anybody out there, we'll see if Derek was on board as well. Uh, probably going to have that sting and not wanting to go back to the well, but 7.3 K and Michael Thomas and the Falcons. I mean, we're talking about a team top 10 in DV against the run and uh, pretty close to the bottom against the pass. So your, your typical uh, pass funnel here, they're playing better. Yes, but it's still a secondary uh, that you think you can obviously uh, attack here. And Jameis, we know he's going to make mistakes. You know, there's they, going to cause, they're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. I think Atlanta, uh, can do enough on their side uh, to turn this into a shootout, a total over 50. So I like going back to to Michael Thomas, the pairing of Jameis and Thomas, uh, and you run it back w- with Julio or Ridley uh, on the other side. Derek, y- your thoughts here, the quarterback situation, uh, Michael Thomas priced at 7.3K, uh, interest level there, and then what do we do on the Atlanta side?
2: Yeah, I like Michael Thomas as well last week. I was lucky enough to play digs over him. Uh, But I do think you can go back, Um, you know, uh, James Winston only had 10 pass attempts last week, but a lot of them went to Thomas and he was especially looking to get him involved in the red zone. So uh, it sounds like, you know, he's practicing more uh, each and every week, his snap count went up to over 60% last week. So I do like Michael Thomas, Uh, Sean Payton likely doing the coach big thing says he hasn't uh, named a starter at quarterback just yet. So I do worry that Taysom Hill is going to have a pretty big role in this one. So I'd be a little hesitant to play Jameis Winston if he ends up being pretty popular. I know the price point and matchup are very appealing. But uh, Taysom Hill, I mean, he had eight carries last week. Probably going to see eight to 10 again this week. Maybe they let him throw the ball a few times as well. And there's nothing worse uh, if you're targeting the Saints passing game when he comes in at the five-yard line. Because you know he's not throwing the ball. So I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about that. I like Kamara once again. He's averaging nine targets over the last five games, um, so I'm not too worried about the Falcons' run defense. And uh, on the other side, the only guy I'm really interested in is Julio Jones. Uh, his last five games against the Saints, 3 for 79, 11 for 147, 5 for 96, 7 for 149, and 5 for 98. I went back and checked, and Lattimore did play in the games, the two games that Julio really went off. He's getting a lot of deep targets in these matchups, so don't mind running it back with Julio. And uh, the one position that they have struggled to defend is tight end. If you want to look at Hayden Hurst, he does have at least seven targets in three
3: straight.
1: All right, now I know we we're not going to play Taysom Hill and DraftKings. I mean I mean unless you guys disagree with that, please uh, let me know with 4.8k. But what about over on FanDuel? He is still listed as a tight end there and he is 4500 on FanDuel. We know that tight end position's been a nightmare. Now, you know, is he going to do enough to to win you a tournament? Maybe not, but can we play him over there at least at, at tight
3: end, Derek? Oh, yeah, for sure. Chop. Uh Only strictly because like, I haven't seen a worse season for tight ends in forever since I've been doing fantasy. So because of that, yes, he's absolutely in play.
1: All right, let's get a betting pick in here. Derek, we'll go to you. Again, Saints, five-point home favorites at total at 51.
2: I don't think this offense takes much of a hit without Breeze in there, so give me the Saints.
3: Chop. I want the over in this one.
1: I want the over as well. Uh, I was hoping we didn't get painted into a <laughs> corner there with a bunch of Saints picks. But uh, I, I just 51, like I said, I think they'll be scoring. Uh, that line of offense playing well, uh, I'll go over 51 as well. Let's get a quick recap of our week 10 picks. And ho-hum, we didn't have any eight and threes. We didn't have any two and nines this week. Just kind of right hovering right around uh, 500. Derek, uh, you led the way at, at six and four last week. Uh, That'll bring your season total to 61 50 and 1. I was 5 and 5, uh, still sitting down to 50 60 and 1. And Chop, you were 4 5 and 1. You pushed the Arizona game, brings you to 58 52 and 1. So we went 2 and 2 on our uh, our ones we agreed on. So nobody nobody hit the parlay this week. Uh, We'll see if we can get it done here for week 11. Next game, we got Detroit and Carolina. Detroit got off like they do. They they get off to a big lead and uh, they let the other team back in. Uh, they happened to survive, got that field goal at the buzzer and beat Washington, Carolina, a rough loss. So we got some some angry Toms, some big Ronald Jones runs, uh, and Carolina uh, took a beat down there against Buccaneers. But uh, back in action here against Detroit. So Detroit uh, and both sides, actually the quarterbacks uh, are the story. We have both guys, Stafford and Teddy Bridgewater listed as questionable. So uh, let's talk backup quarterbacks here, guys. We got PJ Walker at 4.8 K. Uh, we know he was a stud and the, uh, I forget the name of the league that's coming back, but uh, he played well there. Dan- Chase Daniel, uh, 4.9 K on the other side. And the only other injury note, obviously Christian McCaffrey questionable here. Uh, they're thinking he may be back. So something to keep an eye on, but 9.4 K McCaffrey, uh, Mike Davis, they have him back up where he should be at 6.8 K. So Dodo, let's go to you here. It looks like we could get some backup quarterbacks. So uh, interest level in either of those guys under 5K uh, and the rest of Lions, Carolina.
2: Yeah, my interest level in the cheap quarterbacks always depends on the values of the rest of the slate. If there are better values at other positions, then I don't really want to play Chase Daniel, PJ Walker. I know the matchups are pretty good for both of them, but I'd probably just rather play the position players. And I'm kind of hoping, you know, we get Stafford and Bridgewater because then this game could really shoot out Uh, We saw that uh, DeAndre Swift was going to get the start last week. I didn't put too much stock into it, but he had 21 touches for 149 yards and a touchdown. Maybe we're seeing a change of guard there in the backfield. Uh, He's priced up to 6,400, but we know the Panthers, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So I think uh, he's pretty interesting. And then Kenny Galladay uh, is questionable again. If he's out, you know, maybe look to Marvin Jones. We write him off every single year and then he, you know, bounces back and uh, proves to us that he's not dust. So Apologies to Marvin Jones for my comments the last few weeks. Uh, He's been pretty good. Uh, Four touchdowns the last three games. So don't mind going there. Then on the opposite side, whoever starts a running back is going to be, you know, high on my list of targets. Uh, It's a great matchup. Detroit dead last and fantasy points allowed to running backs. And then if Chetty B is active, I mean, Anderson, Moore, Samuel, they all feel too cheap for, you know, this matchup and the fact that they're playing at home in a, a pretty high total game.
1: Yeah. And even, even PJ Walker, I mean, he, he knows Matt rule. Well, I mean, in the XFL and why I couldn't think of that, but that's where we saw him uh, succeed. But these guys go back to temple. So uh, he's familiar with this. I, I don't think it'd be a huge drop-off chop. I mean, yes, there's going to be a drop-off here, but uh, I have a lot of interest here him. it's, it's tough to go down in quarterback this season uh, with the studs putting a lot of numbers on the board, but you know, we're, we're missing Pat Mahomes on this slate. So, uh maybe value quarterback could be the way to go. So interest level there uh in the rest of Detroit and Carolina.
3: Oh man, yeah, I think uh I think there's you know Teddy Bridgewater played better this year than I thought he was going to play passing the ball. So I'll give him credit there, but PJ Walker I think is probably in the same category. So I'm okay with that. I think you're right. There's not much of a of a drop off there. Uh I think uh looking at the targets, they're still Dispersing this stuff pretty evenly. D.J. Moore and Robbie Anderson, the two top dogs. the The big one, the big kicker, has been Curtis Samuel sneaking in there and getting carries and targets taken away from those two guys. So nobody's been particularly super effective lately. Uh, maybe that changes. Maybe P.J. Walker has a favorite. Maybe it's Robbie Anderson. I'm going to lean towards Robbie Anderson in that one. And on the flip side, there, man, I was scrambling there uh, after the noon kickoffs on Sunday. I was scrambling for uh, looking, can I get my hands on DeAndre Swift in my home league? Can I get DeAndre? <laughs> Is he out there? Sure enough, no, he's not out there, man. He's been picked up because he has clearly taken over, I think, unless they're unless they're just really blind and crazy and they go back to the, the split carries. But 16 carries for Swift, four for Peterson, one for on Johnson. Seems like a changing of the guard, and it paid off. It worked. He looks good. I got a feeling that's what we're going to see the rest of the way through here. So. I'm definitely on the DeAndre Swift gang here. And, uh, yeah, depending on how Stafford plays or doesn't play, and then that'll tell you about Galladay and Jones. That's just two. there's like three or four moving pieces there that we don't know about in the passing game. So, for right now, I'm sticking to DeAndre Swift on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, looking at this total, like this, to me, this game is very stackable. I mean, we're we're talking about, you know, two teams that we're, I'm looking at DVOA. We got the 25th and 27th overall defenses. Not both are are in the bottom 10 against both the run and the pass, And yet the total uh, only sitting at 45 and a half. So I know a lot of that uh, we're waiting on this quarterback news, but, I think it's one of those games that it's not up at the top of the totals. Of course, we do have a lot of totals in the 40s this week. It's not like it's been you know, with a ton of 50s, but I think this one very stackable, very affordable pieces. Yes, McCaffrey's in is going to cost you some money, but you guys mentioned the receivers are cheap on both sides. Uh, Swift got an uptick to 6.4, but in this matchup, and he's the starter. That's not a bad price at all. So uh, very, very high in this game. I think there's a ton of ways you can go. Obviously let we'll see how the quarterback situation pans out. But I'm more worried about Chase Daniel uh, getting his guys there than P.J. Walker uh, being viable on the Carolina side. So, Chop, let's go to you on a betting pick. I'm just going to go ahead. I, I like the over in this game, so I'm locking that in. Chop, we got Carolina minus one and a half, 45 and a half on that total. Uh,
3: minus one and a half. I'm gonna, uh, that over does look juicy at that, at that number, but I'm going to go Carolina here.
1: All right, Derek. Uh,
2: so I'm seeing the total of 49. So maybe uh, we're just depending
1: on some injury stuff. Uh, but if it's at 45 and a half, give me the over. All right, well, that's what we're locking in at. When I looked, there wasn't one on DraftKings. So I, I, had, to, I had to dig around a little bit. So it may be off a little bit, but uh, even at 49, I'm still interested I'm, I'm in the over. I'm seeing
3: 45 and a half.
1: Okay, so that's, that's right. our
3: official number
1: to our, to our boy, Perfect. Mike Lynn And just want to thank him again for, for tracking everything. Uh, so we'll go with the 45 and a half here. But, again, two terrible defenses here, two offenses uh, that can do enough. Definitely a game I'm going to be targeting here in week 11. Next one, we got Philly and Cleveland. Uh, Philly side of things, Zach Ertz uh, was, was activated from the IR. Does not mean he's back. We'll see. Expected to be back, though. So uh, add another pass catcher there to, to an offense that's not been very good, led by Carson Wentz. Cleveland side of things. Saw the return of Nick Chubb. 19 for 126 in that game against Houston Hunt, also 19 carries. A lot of that, another very windy game there in Cleveland. So we'll see if we can get a non-weather game in Cleveland. But, uh, Chop, we'll go to you here. Close spread, uh, a middling total here. We got a lot of these 45 to 49-point to totals. This one kind of sits uh, in that range as well. So uh, not the, the most glamorous of games here. I'm not seeing a ton, but what do you got, Eagles and Browns?
3: Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm absolutely disgusted in the Carson Wentz last week. I started Carson Wentz in the home league, cost me the game, his little nine points. I could have started Herbert and got the 20 extra points or whatever, and that would have pushed me over the top on Henry, would have smacked Henry down. Now, now I'm fighting for my life for the playoffs, man, because <laughs> of Carson Wentz. So that was a disgusting performance by the Eagles against uh, the Giants. I mean, two touchdowns. <laughs> the first one goes to Boston Scott. The next one goes to Clement. I mean, golly, just couldn't be any worse. So
1: Chop, I gotta I gotta interrupt and ask how the hell are you gonna bench Justin <laughs> Herbert for, for, for this clown, man? It's this giant, guy hasn't done nothing it, it was, all year.
3: It was no, he he smashed the Giants just a few weeks ago and now he's coming off a bye week and rested the offensive line, the receivers all getting healthy for him. I thought he'd put up a big number there, man. And I thought at the very least they were going to play about even and that I had more upside in Wentz and boy, it was not that coming off a bye. That's just, that was just pathetic right there. So yeah, I mean, I give I, that, I did it to myself, man. All right. I did it to myself. And, and the problem with the Eagles is now that you got all these guys coming back healthy. So, or we don't know if Ertz is going to play, but even without Ertz, Goddard and Ward and Rager, Fulgham, even Alshon's in the mix a little bit, Miles Sanders. So now it's going to be tough to figure out which target to pair with Wentz if you are going to pair. I still like Wentz. I still like him moving forward as long as his offensive line gets healthy. I think he's going to throw for touchdowns, but it's going to be tough to pair him with anybody week in and week out. So uh, I like Wentz. I think he throws for some here, but pairing him is going to be tough. And Miles Sanders is a hit or miss guy. He's a home run hitter, but when he doesn't hit the home runs, it doesn't seem like he's going to do very much. So he's a GPP worthy play, but Man, I had him last week in DFS, and that was frustrating watching the other two guys get touchdowns. Like they they pulled him out of the game to get Clement in on the goal line. That does not bode well for Miles Sanders long term. So I don't know about like that. In Cleveland, I'm just hoping the weather's good over there, All right? Because the last couple of times we've seen him, I've, I've I've been waiting for this Rashard Higgins breakout and Jarvis Landry. These guys without OBJ, but. They haven't had a good weather game since OBJ went down, so we haven't seen what happens. When, it, when there is a good weather game, I'm going to be looking for one of those guys to break out. I think it's this week. And, uh, but I think Jarvis is going to draw a tough matchup, so maybe it's Rashard Higgins' week. I really, I really feel like uh, one of these guys is going to break out, though. And, and, of course, you can always go to Nick Chubb, man. He, he's, a, he's a monster.
1: Yeah. Those running back. I mean, the the problem is if they're going to split the care, I mean, if they're going to get 19 each, sure. But uh, you know, it's tough. It's same, same point on Philly. I agree a hundred percent that, you know, Alshon only got one target, but they want to work him back in. You're going to have Ertz in there, two tight ends, a ton of receivers, a bunch of running backs and catch the ball. So I'm pretty much out on the Philly side. I love the Higgins call though. I'm kind of waiting on the same thing. You know, look good before we, before things, uh, the weather turned on him. Uh, Even an Austin Hooper, I I played him last week, Uh, even with the weather, uh, was disappointed, obviously, only getting two targets. But a 3.9K for this guy, I think, is value if we do have some better weather here. So I'm mainly looking at the value uh, in the the Cleveland pass-catching core. Philly pretty good against the run, so uh, not too much interest in either running backs for me. Derek, let's go to you, Eagles and Browns. Pretty ugly game. You guys hit on most of the points
2: I was going to talk about. You know, the Browns, they want to run the ball, but they have two ball carriers that are very good. Um, Chubb is going to get most of the early down work, and then Hunt's going to get his share of carries and his share of targets. Um, So deciding between, you know, which one to play each week is going to be tough, especially in these competitive games, you know, when it's a blowout, then it's a little easier for those two to get there like they did last week. I do like the wideouts here against the Eagles, but, um, yeah, it's just hard to trust uh, this passing attack right now. I agree with you guys on Higgins. You know, Landry could match up against Darius Slay, so keep an eye on that throughout the week. And then, you know, both the tight ends in this game Austin Hooper, Dallas Goddard, I think you can look at them, especially if Zach Ertz ends up being out. Uh, Goddard has played over 80% of the snaps each of the last two weeks. He saw seven targets last week, and uh, he's under 4K. I have a little more interest in Miles Sanders. I mean, he had 20 opportunities in his first game back from injury, so I know Scott and Clement both scored touchdowns, but um, I have a little bit of interest in Sanders. I think he's a good running back. and. No worries about the matchup against the Browns. All
1: right, Derek, we got Cleveland minus three at home, 46 and a half on the total.
2: This one's tough. I am going to take – oh, man.
1: Yeah, give me Philly. Give me Philly. I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to go Cleveland here. I just I just can't back a team. that just lost to the Giants. So, I'm going to go with the, the Browns here at home minus three. I, I mean, I'd love to, to do something on the total, but we don't know if the win's going to be – Uh, 90 miles an hour I haven't had a chance to look uh, at that yet so give me Cleveland minus three chop
3: yeah this just seems like the type of game Cleveland uh Philly always goes in and wins like when you just count them out because they look like complete dog shit like and they go in and they and they beat a good team on the road and and they fool you again and Wince looks great so I'm gonna take Philly here
1: all right, next game, we got New England uh, coming off their big win against Baltimore. I don't think many people gave them a shot to win, but uh, pull out the W there against Houston. Uh, we just talked about the weather uh, in Cleveland, so uh, low-scoring, ugly game there. Tough to take too much away uh, from the Houston side. So, uh, guys, my main questions here are the running backs. I mean, we saw Damien Harris, uh, 22 carries, 121 yards. We saw Rex Burkhead. Uh, find the end zone twice Uh, he's had back-to-back good games Uh, and then Duke Johnson you know again we didn't get much out of the the return to Cleveland but uh, we know he's a starter 5.4k here uh, against New England so uh, Derek we'll go to you first here Uh, these running backs intriguing even a guy like Jacoby Myers 31 targets uh, in the last three games so I think there could be some value in this game what do you got Patriots and Texans
2: Yeah, I love both sides of this game. Uh, You know, halfway through the Jets game uh, with the Patriots in week nine, everyone was saying, oh, Belichick's tanking. They're going to try to lose the rest of the season. And then they came back and win. And then they beat uh, the Ravens last week. So that was pretty impressive. I know Cam Newton, his arm doesn't look great right now, but he seems super motivated. Um, All he talks about is, you know, how he wants to win and be better. And uh, he has 30 rushing attempts the last three games. He has uh, four or five rushing uh, touchdowns over the last four or five games. So I love the spot for him against his defense, his 22nd in DVOA against the pass, dead last in DVOA against the run. I like pairing him up with Jacoby Myers, like you mentioned, 31 targets over the last three games. They even let him throw that uh, trick play touchdown to Rex Burkhead last week. Only 4,900, love that stack. Um, And then Damien Harris, I like him a little bit more on FanDuel. He has topped 100 yards in three of his six games this season. And again, uh, Texans dead last in DVOA against the run. So like the Patriots quite a bit on the Texan side, I'm going to throw out last week's game. Uh, They were in that Cleveland-Windy game, so uh, no surprise that their offense struggled a little bit. I think they get it going here. Um, The Patriots defense is a little interesting because they're 17th or better, in fantasy points allowed to all the positions, but football outsiders has them bottom three against the run and the pass, so probably just because they haven't played any good offenses. I think Deshaun Watson bounces back. You can pair him up with uh, Watson Fuller, or sorry, Fuller-Cooks, and then Duke Johnson played on 95% of the snaps. I know he didn't do much. I know he wasn't involved in the passing game, but a guy that's going to play on basically every snap that is capable of catching the ball out of the backfield against a pretty bad defense. Uh, I'll take my chances.
1: Yeah, I like going back to him as well. It's a good price. A guy that's going to be involved, like you said, and, and I think a lot of people still look at this as, as oh, the Patriots D. You know, last year, uh, they were the D to own and season long, put up a ton of points. They are dead last overall DVOA, Derek. You mentioned bottom three against the run in the past, and it makes sense. But uh, this is definitely another game where two defenses are absolutely – these are the two worst rush defenses that we have in the league right now, according to DVOA. So uh, this is another one. I, I have a lot of interest in, a lot of cheaper pieces, a lot of ways you can stack this one. Chop, let's go to you. you as, you as optimistic as we are on this
3: one? Uh, no, I don't think I am. Uh, I think I think uh, the New England side's the point. Y'all may yeah, Jacoby Myers and Cam Newton. I like that and Damian Harris. Uh, Noto uh, mentioned the three out of six games with a uh, hundred yards. Like he played a season high fifty five percent of the snaps last week against Baltimore, and, and I think that that's going to be the way Belichick says this is the way we have to win. Is we got to run the ball, and he's our best option to just straight up grind it out. So I think that's the kind of the style they're going to go to. So I do like Damian Harris again in this good matchup on the flip side, the the Houston, like that's not, that's not an easy matchup. I know. Well, see Duke Johnson, I just don't think Houston's capable of lining up and running the ball like a normal team and saying, okay, you're bad against the run. Duke Johnson's going to beat you again. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. Like they're just not good like that. They, they just let Watson freestyle too much and that's their thing. And so, so then I'll be tuned into the injury report. Is Stefan Gilmore going to come back this week? If he's in there, if the secondary's getting healthier, then they're going to have a, they're going to have a tough time against this New England defense. So I'm, I'm just not as optimistic on the Houston side. Uh, but I like Damian Harris, man. I like Damian Harris as a 100-yard guy this week to get the bonus and find the end zone.
1: All right, how about a bad chop? We got Patriots road favorites here, minus 2.5, half, half on the total.
3: I'm going to go with a grind-out game here, so give me the under. Derek. I'm going to go with the Patriots.
1: Uh, We're going to be all over the board. I'm going to be the sucker here and take the points at home uh, with the Texans. So, uh, no uh, no three-for-threes yet. We (laughs) we haven't hit anything yet. We're all over the place. But uh, I do like this game for DFS purposes uh, as well. All right, moving on, Tennessee and Baltimore, Tennessee. A rough game there against Indy. Uh, Baltimore, we just talked about uh, coming off a loss as well uh, at New England. No major injuries on either side. So uh, both teams coming healthy here, Chop. Uh, total nearing 50 in this one. Uh, who stands out, Titans and Ravens?
3: Man, that's a, that's a good question right there. Is, uh For Baltimore, it's like, what do you even mess with anymore on their offense? What, what, what can you even trust? I mean, they're just not getting the ball to Marquise Brown. I mean, I want to keep going to him because eventually he'll have that big four catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. But he's probably just going to do that once this year. And you better be lucky and hope you're on it that week. But otherwise, you're going to be burning money every week like you have been. Mark Andrews is definitely a threat here. So I kind of like Mark Andrews. But that backfield, oh, my gosh. That's a mess. I mean, just when we thought we had some – maybe Dobbins is going to step up here and do something, all of a sudden you get like – Justice Hill gets carries and, you know, you got a three-headed monster, a four-headed monster now. So got to avoid the backfield. Uh, I guess Lamar to Andrews is an okay combination. Take a shot with Marquise Brown. Tennessee, this is a tough matchup against Baltimore. So I don't know how amped I am on them. I I mean, A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry are always in play because they're so good. But on the road against this defense is not really where I want to spend – eight K and 7.2 K at those skill positions. So man, I have a hard time finding anybody on Tennessee. I like,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm kind of not liking anyone in this game. I, I mean, we did just talk to Amy Harris and he did well against this, this run So maybe, maybe Henry uh, comes in lower own because of the matchup, but, but eight K is a lot to pay uh, for a guy on the road as an underdog, a guy that's not involved in the passing game. Uh, against one of the better defenses we have even as beat up as they are uh, it's still a tough matchup so uh, Derek any more optimism here I'm not seeing much chop doesn't see much here what do you got because this is one of the higher total games that we have I I hate to say it but uh, where are you at with Titans and Ravens
2: yeah if the Ravens don't win this game I mean they have all the narratives going for them the Titans knocked them out of the playoffs Uh, last year in Baltimore and then they're coming off of a bad loss to the to the Patriots last week so they got all the narratives going for them they're playing at home Uh, they should bounce back at least I'm expecting them to the Titans defense is pretty bad but I just don't know where to go outside of Lamar Jackson and he hasn't been great this season still averaging 21 fantasy points per game so the ceiling is still there if you can find the end zone a few more times but yeah Marquise Brown Mark Andrews like you guys mentioned they just haven't done a whole lot likely because you know Lamar hasn't been great through the air but I think they're in play, especially if they're going to garner low ownership because I do think they have a lot to play for here. And uh, Chop summed it up perfectly on the other side. Derek Henry and A.J. Brown, both capable of having big games, but they're expensive. They're on the road. They're in terrible matchups, so I'm probably going to end up fading.
1: All right. I do like that Andrews price, 4.9. He, he kind of stands out. We know he's got that two-touchdown upside, so I do like him. But all in all, for a game approaching 50 – uh, not a ton of interest, but maybe one you want to attack. You know, if everyone's going to ignore this one, you know, we, we can maybe get a shootout. Maybe this is one we need to be looking at. So Derek, we got Ravens minus six and a half here at home. Total at 49.
2: I'm buying the narratives. Give me the Ravens.
1: Going Ravens as well. Uh, it's this, this Tennessee team. You know, I don't, I don't think it's the same Cinderella story as last year. You're starting to see it's some of the, some of the kinks in the armor here Uh, for Indy to be able to handle them that easily. Uh, you mentioned the narratives of Baltimore. I, I think the Ravens win this one pretty easily. I will go Ravens as well. Chop, what do you got?
3: I, I, wish, I wish they'd have that same storm brewing uh, in this game because Derrick Henry would probably crush this defense if there was uh, that kind of weather. But uh, if it's going to not be a weather game, ah, man, I'm going to take, take the under. That's a kind of a big number. I'm going to take the under here.
1: All right, moving on. Next game, Pittsburgh, big road favorites here, traveling to Derek's Jacksonville Jags. Who, Derek? I gotta give it up. They they hung in there. They they should have beat Green Bay. So uh, a spirited effort there uh, for the Jags came up just short. Pittsburgh coming off that big win against Cincinnati. So no major injuries here either. Uh, Chris Thompson was put on IR on the Jacksonville side of things. So obviously me uh, only means good things for James Robinson as he continues to be. Uh, one of the best running backs in the league, and no one thought we'd say that, but uh, continues to put up numbers here. Pittsburgh side, it's another week, same question. Who the hell do we play uh, at receiver? I, I'm going to lean Deontay Johnson again, 11 targets, uh, and he remains the cheapest of these three once again here this week. So, Derek, we'll go to you here. Uh, Pittsburgh receivers, I, I think is the big question here, uh, and you're the Jags fan. How do we want to attack? Do we actually get? A James Conner week here? Or do we just continue to roll up in in uh, his receivers?
2: Yeah, I think that's the answer on the Pittsburgh side. You know, I tried to buy into James Conner last week uh, in the wind game, fifty mile per hour gusts, and the Steelers threw the ball forty-seven times when they were up three scores. It kind of goes to show how much uh, or how little faith they have in James Conner right now. He doesn't look great out there. So even in a great matchup, I don't think I'm going to buy him mentioned Deontay Johnson in the games where he's played all four quarters he's seen 10 13 15 10 and 11 targets so double digit targets every time he's played all four quarters and he's still the cheapest of the three give me him over Juju and Claypool but again I mean they're they're all pretty talented and Jags secondary is basically playing with guys off the street so um should be a great spot for the Steelers passing attack for my Jaguars I mean it's pretty bad um I know they put up a fight against Green Bay, but they had that touchdown on special teams or defense. And then, uh, you know, their offense just didn't look great. So no interest in looting for me. Uh, DJ Shark has been his favorite target, maybe a deep tournament flyer there. James Robinson, he's been good, but I just don't see him getting a ton going on the ground against his defense. He's going to have to catch a lot of balls. So the only thing I am sure about is the Pittsburgh sack streak is going to stay alive. So their defense firmly in play.
1: All right, Chop, same question for you because these guys are all getting targets. I mean, I, I don't know that there's a wrong answer here. The price is kind of kind of tightened up here, but uh, 13 targets for Juju, 11 for Johnson, 10 for Claypool. This feels like a double stack kind of game with, with Ben, so uh, leave one out. Let, let's do it that way. You, you can't play one of them. Who are you leaving on the sidelines?
3: Yeah, that's crazy It's because uh, I, I really – Probably couldn't, but, I mean, if I have to leave one out, it's going to be Claypool just because it looks like he gets, you know, the lesser snaps out of all of them. And when you look at his uh, upside to downside, he has good upside, but he also has massive downside. Like, Juju's been pretty steady here this past month, like steadily cracking some good yardage numbers, and he gets in the end zone. Deontay, probably the best out of the three of them when healthy. So uh, I would leave Claypool out, but they're all three in play. Like you said, all three of them got double-digit targets last week, and when I thought, like Derek did, they had no business throwing the ball in that weather and with that score. So, But they did. So, uh, yeah, that's a, and I'm out on James Conner until further notice. So I think you summed it up there. And then on the Jacksonville side, yeah, you got to love running backs to get 80% of the snap count like James Robinson does this year, but can't mess with any of these guys against Pittsburgh's defense. It's just not – I just don't think you're going to – win very much by attacking that type of matchup.
1: So who's the running back? I mean, if we want to stack Pittsburgh, I mean, we don't have don't, to, to I run it back. I don't think you
3: have to, man. I don't, I don't think you have to anymore. Like I think like for me, I, when it comes to stacking in the NFL, I've, I always thought there's only one real stack. You have to have in tournaments, the the stack of a quarterback with a, at least one wide receiver. That's the only real must have stack. Anything else? Yes. If you hit the right game script you can you know it ups your chances of winning but like as far as a pure correlation i just think that one quarterback to wide receiver is the only thing you have to have so if you just don't feel good about jacksonville then you just don't feel good about him you don't have to run it back i don't think
1: i'm in the same boat sometimes i think we force it and yes you want as much correlation in your lineups as possible no no doubt and most games you'll have options to run it back so for me, it would be Robinson, but I, I think you're kind of jamming that in there and, and, and trying to make that work, 6,400 uh, for running back uh, as a 10-point as a underdog at home uh, against one of the best, if not the best defense uh, in the league. Just, just feels like a tall task here. So, uh, Derek, quick thoughts on that because we, we're all going to love the Pittsburgh offense. We all want to stack. Uh, do you agree with us, disagree? Is there one guy that stands out as a running back or uh, don't force it? I don't think you
2: need to force it. If you have to have one, maybe go Chris Conley. I mean, he's mid-salary. Saw eight targets last week. So um, that way you can run it back and not spend a lot of of your salary on the Jaguars. That's uh, my my advice every single week.
1: All right, Chop, we got Pittsburgh minus 10 here on the road. The total sitting at 47 and a half.
3: Hmm. 10 is a big number, but... I think this we they finally make a uh, the rookie quarterback a uh, defense finally steps in and makes the rookie quarterback look like a rookie. So I'm gonna take Pittsburgh.
1: I'm on Pittsburgh here as well. I mean, if if there were fans there and we had Dean hanging out at the pool and in his hoodie, <laughs> uh, maybe that makes a difference. But uh, no fans. Uh, just Pittsburgh's clearly the better team here, and this this is a mismatch. Uh, I think Luton's really gonna struggle here, Derek. You brought it up earlier. Uh, give me the Steelers here as well, Derek. What do you got?
2: Yep. First leg of the power leg. Give me the Steelers.
1: All right. Book it. One more game here on the early slate. We got Cincinnati traveling to Washington here. Cincy coming off that loss to Pittsburgh, Washington, uh, tried to make a comeback, but uh, ends up losing uh, in Detroit here. So injury wise, we got Joe Mixon once again, uh questionable. That's pretty much it. And I just want to ask about value here. Chop. We got AJ green down to 3,600. I know he's kind of fallen out of favor here the last couple of weeks, but thoughts on that. Uh, and then the other side, JD McKissick has 29 targets in the last two games. I mean, just absolutely uh, insane. And know a lot of that's game script and playing from behind, but does that continue? Because on DraftKings, that's what we want. Our running backs catching the ball. Uh, we did see Antonio Gibson score two touchdowns uh, against Detroit as well. But uh, so thoughts here, chop. I think there could be some value in this game. Bengals and the football team.
3: It's interesting, for sure, to, say, to look out and see, uh, you know, that backfield for Washington. Like, I, I get it, though. Alex Smith is a total game manager these days. I don't expect much out of him. So, a bunch of checkdowns is, is probably going to be what happens. And it's unfortunate that, you know, Antonio Gibson's a guy who played wide receiver in college, basically. Like, he could take those checkdowns and he could do more with them. Instead, he gets straddled with, like, a, a 35% snap count. And, yes, the two touchdowns look great, drove up his fantasy total, but I'm not going to depend on a 35% snap and 13-carry guy every week in my backfield for 5.8K. I don't think that's – it's unfortunate that he doesn't get those targets because he could do a lot with them. Um, McLaren, like I'm going to stick to the fact that I think that he's going to struggle a a little bit more with Alex Smith than he would with any of those other quarterbacks in there. So, yeah, we're projecting him for everything he does and how good he is up to – year to date, but this is a different quarterback and I just don't think it's going to be as good. So yes, uh, the perfect game script, he could get in there and, and catch and get his 100-yard bonus, but week in and week out with Alex Smith, this is going to be a struggle for him to get there every week. Yeah, this this is a high price tag now, so I don't know how much I like Washington at all. I think they've got some good individual pieces, but I don't like where they're headed here. Cincinnati, I think, is, is super interesting because uh, you know Washington just gave up a pretty good game through the air to Detroit without Kenny Galladay. So one of these wide receivers is firmly in place here to have a, It's Ben T Higgins. I, I man, AJ green is just not my cup of tea, man. I know you were asking about him, but I just, it's, it's
1: just a price. I don't want to yeah, play it, but 3.6 K is, is ridiculous.
3: Yeah. But I mean, I'm looking like Derek just mentioned, we were just talking about Jacksonville, like Ke- Keelan Cole's 3.8 K there's receivers, who are number two or number three on your team that you can get, I think, for under four, 4K. He's got the name brand recognition, but I just think right now his first read is to Tyler Boyd. His second read is to T. Higgins. I think T. Higgins is the guy that I'm looking moving forward, man. He, he looks like the monster here, so I'm probably out on A.J. Green, but I think Burrow has a chance here to go on the road and throw the ball 45 times and put up some decent numbers. So I like, I like Joe Burrow. I like his uh, T Higgins. I like Tyler boy, but yeah, I'm going to pass on AJ green. Yeah. I'm passing
1: too. I just want to see if I could have <laughs> you step in the trap. I do like Burrow though. 5,500, you know, second cheapest price he's been uh, all season long Washington. I think he nailed it. You know, those targets from McKissick are nice. Are they going to continue? I love Gibson, the player, but you know, he's splitting everything. He's not getting those targets. McLaurin uh, still expensive and Alex Smith, I mean, depth of target is about four, I think, the last time I looked. So I do have some interest in Logan Thomas. Uh, He's 3.3K. He's seen some targets. Uh, Pretty cheap in Cincinnati. I've been pretty bad against the tight end. So uh, that one is intriguing to me. Derek, let's get over to you. Your thoughts here, Cincy and Washington. Yeah, for Cincinnati, um,
2: the only thing I worry about is uh, Washington's pass rush. They're second in adjusted sack rate. The Bengals, one of the worst. Uh, pass blocking units so um, you know maybe Burrow doesn't have a ton of time to throw the ball so I kind of lean uh, Boyd over Higgins in this one but Higgins double digit fantasy production in seven straight games he's been a monster I expect that to continue I do like the cheap price point on Burrow. Um, certainly can look there and then just keep an eye on Mixon you could definitely look to Bernard uh, on PPR sides for value if Mixon ends up being out no interest in AJ Green though uh, I'll let you play him beer <laughs> and then on the other side, yeah, the whole week, you know, in my articles and my shows, I said, you know, JD McKissick, he'll never get 14 targets again ever in his career. And then he gets 15 the next week. So I got to stop uh, talking bad on players because uh, I'm having to eat my words the very next week. But I don't expect that to continue, obviously. They've been down three scores in both of those games. So maybe uh, Gibson gets up to like a 45% snap share chop, and then we can play him. Uh, I think he is the better back of the two. I know Alex Smith is going to check it down, but Gibson still does get a few targets. And uh, yeah, I kind of agree on McLaurin. I love the talent. Uh, It is a different quarterback. He's going to get his his opportunities every single week, but uh, probably going to be shorter opportunities than the deep ball. And then Logan Thomas, he's been a little bit better with Smith Thunder Center. We know tight end has been terrible all season. So 3,300 for him. Don't mind it against a team that's allowed the
1: second most fantasy points to the position. That's now apologies from the great notorious to Marvin Jones and family and JD McKissick and family. So we know they're all listening out there. So uh, this guy continues to disparage people and they continue to produce. So just, just put that in your notes. So Derek, let's get a betting pick here. Uh, Washington, small favorites here at home, minus one and a half, 46 and a half on the total.
2: This is a tough one. I
1: am going to take the over. I'm going to take Cincinnati here. I think they go in and win this game. So wouldn't, wouldn't make much on the money line if it was even available, but I'll take the the small one and a half here. Chop, what do you got?
3: Oh, you should always be looking at my sheet here. I like me a little Bengals action too. I think Joe Burrow is going to get a win here.
1: All right, let's move on to the late window. We have four games uh, in the afternoon slate. You are listening to the DFS OG's podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in as we continue our talk here of week 11 across the daily fantasy industry let's go on to miami and denver and break up the dolphins boys i mean they they are playing some great football on both sides of the ball uh, they are favorites here uh, in this game traveling to denver so obviously drew Locke questionable on the denver side of things i don't think it's anything too serious but uh, got to keep an eye out on that one miami we saw mr akma take over uh, at running back there only 4.8k so interest level there uh, Grant remains a, a value you could play. So, uh, Derek, we're going to go to you here. The Dolphins playing well. Uh, this is one of those middling totals sitting at 45. Thoughts here traveling to Denver. Yeah,
2: Ahmed played 75% of the snaps. looked pretty good. Yeah, he's a smaller running back, but uh, he's shifty and looks pretty quick out there. And the Dolphins responded by cutting uh, Jordan Howard on Monday. So I think uh, he's certainly interesting. He's under 5K. And then uh, with Preston Williams on the IR, don't mind going back to Devontae Parker or Jakeem Grant. Grant had a pretty nice game against the – or last week, and he's still only 3.5K. So uh, some interest, but it is a tough spot to play on the road against Denver. Uh, it's typically the time of year where you definitely want to monitor the reports, uh, the weather reports in Denver. So uh, just something to keep in mind. Uh, it's probably two of his toughest matchup to date as well. For the Broncos, I'm not sure I really like anyone. I mean, Jerry Judy continues to get wide open, but uh, – Drew Locke has a tough time getting in the ball. He's been one of the worst deep ball throwers in the NFL so far this season. And most of his production has been in garbage time. Uh, this one has a pretty close spread. Best way to beat the Dolphins is on the ground. They have an elite secondary, and I don't want to play Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. So uh, pretty much a fade for me on Denver side.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, we're pretty much uh, same sentiments here. I don't see anything on the Denver side worth chasing. If, if there was a running back, but uh, I just I don't want to play Melvin Gordon right now. Uh, and Lindsey, you looked terrible last week. So, uh, mainly interested in this value on the Miami side. Chop. Let's go over to you. Uh, your thoughts here, Dolphins and Broncos.
3: Well, on the uh, for the Denver offense, you're playing a, a very good defense in Miami, and your offense has been pretty bad. So I don't want I don't I don't have any interest in any of those guys. I keep getting suckered into the Noah Fant projections, but. <laughs> He's just, he's just not there right now. Drew Leish not getting him the ball enough, so I don't, uh, I don't want anybody for Denver. I'm passing on that one. In Miami, I think the whole passing game is really handcuffed right now with Tua. Uh, they were a lot better with Fitzpatrick. As an offense, as a, as a team in general, If you know, as long as you could just tone him in, he's a better quarterback right now than Tua. So I think he kind of brings these guys down. The price didn't rise enough on Jakeem Grant. So, I mean, you could go back there, it's only 3.5K, that's fine, but Parker's too expensive for me. You know, Tua really hurts his value, and uh, you could go to Jusecki just because the position is so weak, and he's okay. Uh, but Jakeem Grant's really the only guy. And Salvin Ahmed was, is, would be the guy we're taking the offense more than anybody else. 21 carries last week, like Derek said, big snap share, 21 carries, fair price. Uh, anybody you put in that backfield so far that has any agility has looked good. Miles Gaskin looked good. Ahmed looked good. So I would say uh, that's the way they're going to attack is through Ahmed. So that's the, that's the number one guy for me. Yeah. And it's been one of those offenses that they, they
1: want to feature one guy and we saw Gaskin. I mean, it, so it's not one of those backfields where you're going to get a ton of, of guys working in and a ton of splits. So uh five, 4.8 K for a guy going to get 20 touches and, and the matchup, it's not great, but it's not what I'm going to avoid either. So i uh, definitely interested there as well. All right, Chop, we got Dolphins favored, like I said, minus three and a half here, the total sitting at 45.
3: Three and a half is going to be – oh, man, you have to go to Derek first. I got to think about this one.
1: All right, Derek, over to you. Give me the
2: under. The Broncos
1: haven't been able to move the ball. I think Tua is going to struggle a bit on the road, so give me the under. I'm going to, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to continue to ride Miami here. It's been one of the few that I've that i been picking right here every week. So I, I just, the way they're playing, they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're playing right. They're not putting too much on the plate of Tua. I know this can be a tough place to play, but again, uh, without fans and unless it's a, a crazy weather game, they're the better team offensively, defensively and coaching wise. I'm going to continue to go with the dolphins. I'll lay the three and a half chop. Are you ready?
3: Yeah, just glancing at it. It looked like it opened at one and a half for Miami. Now it's up to three and a half already. That probably indicates bad sign for Drew Locke. So uh, I'm going to take Miami here.
1: All right, moving on. Three games left. We got the Jets uh, coming off a bye, going to the Chargers, coming off that loss to Miami here. So two teams kind of struggling here. Jets side, we already know Sam Darnold is out. So Joe Flacco Uh, In the mix at 5K, Chargers side of things. Uh, No major injuries. I don't think we get Austin Eckler back. Sounds like week 12. Uh, Justin Jackson, we know, is on IR. So uh, the Kalen Balazs show continues here, Chop. Uh, We we all kind of wrote this guy off and uh, with good reason. But 24 touches again last week. So the Jets better against the run than they are the past. But uh, interest level in Balazs. uh, Are you going to make the same mistake with Justin Herbert again? Uh, in the season-long team, and can we play anything on the Jets' side?
3: Uh, start off with the Jets. I think I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out this week. This is a very pivotal pivotal week. You know, to start of the season, Jamison Crowder was just – he was a monster, man, a target monster, grabbing a bunch of receptions. He was a sneaky top-five fantasy wide receiver. He got hurt, but that was with Brashard Perryman out and and, and Mims wasn't getting any action either. So it's going to be interesting now that Mims is in, Perryman's in, and Perryman dominated against the Patriots here this past game, the past uh, last Thursday night. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up here. If Perryman steps up in this game, then I think it's kind of a changing of the guard. Perryman's the guy and Crowder's the second is the second option, or vice versa. We'll see if they can respond there. So those are the two guys I got my eye on. Uh, and I'll take either one of them in fantasy and GPPs. I'll take a shot at them. Uh, but other than that, I don't want Flacco or the running backs or, yeah, Chris Herndon, had, I think he's caught like two passes all year long. I don't want him. If that, I think it might be one. It might be one, man. And for the charges, I will not make that mistake. I will be playing Herbert over Wentz this week for sure. So I think Herbert's going to bounce back here and have a good game. That was just a tough matchup last week. And he still got there with some good fantasy points, but. Uh, this is a much lighter matchup for him. I'll take uh, Herbert and um uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see how his wide receivers shake out. But I kinda like Mike Williams this week as a little as a little uh sleeper action. So I'll take Mike Williams and I mean if they build a lead, they're gonna run the ball and Kalen Balaj is the guy that has they favored so far, so with the injuries, so I mean, he's absolutely in play. I think anybody you think is going to get the majority of the uh, action for the Chargers is going to be in play, and right now it's Kalen Balage. So I'll, I'll definitely keep him in my player pool.
1: All right, Derek, let's go over to you. I mean, this is a great matchup for the Chargers' passing game. I mean, this this team is dead last against the pass. We know that. So uh, interest and Herbert is this a, a stack with Allen, a double stack? You like Williams, like Chop said. And the Jets, I think it's Sam Darnold just loves throwing the slot guys. I think, you know, with Jamison Crowder, uh, we saw him only have two targets there. But uh, do we believe in this Perriman game? Is there a connection uh, with him and Flacco? So anything on the Jets side uh, to run it back here? We obviously love the Chargers. Where are you coming in on the Jets?
2: Uh, yeah, kind of crazy. The Chargers are 2-7. and uh, Their point differential, minus 19 on the season, better than uh, half the teams in the NFL uh, so I got to think they're going to win this game pretty handily. You know, I know they are the Chargers. They always seem to find a way to make these games close. But uh, you mentioned it's a great uh, matchup for the passing attack. Dead last in DVOA, you got to like Herbert. You can pair him up with Keenan Allen, his usual favorite target. But like Chuck mentioned, I like Mike Williams. He's had a string of bad cornerback matchups. Um, you know, Everything's been force-feeding the ball to Keenan Allen. I think Mike Williams gets going in this one. My only concern is if the Chargers get up big early and they, you know, turn to the running game. I don't really want to pay 5600 for Kalen Balazs. I know he's been good. He's looked a lot better than he did uh, with the Dolphins, but that price does seem a little bit more than I want to pay, especially for a defense that they can at least uh, do something against the ground game. Uh, and then for the Jets... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they don't want to win. They have yet to win a football game so far the season. They're going to have the number one pick if they continue this up. So uh, maybe take a shot at Denzel Mims. I get the price points on Crowder and Perriman, but I just don't trust
1: anyone right now. All right, Derek, we got Chargers minus eight and a half at home, total at 47.
2: I'm going to take the under. I feel like the
1: Chargers should win this one, but I know better than to bet on them with a big spread. I I had the exact same thought. So, again, now it's like you're in my head here. Like, you know, the char- <laughs> the Chargers find a way to blow it. The Jets don't want to win a game. Nobody wants anything here. Uh, this number seems a little bit too high. So, I'm on the under here as well. Chop.
3: Man, that's uh, unfortunate here, guys. But I got to go with the over here. I got to take the over. I mean, <laughs> right. I feel hey, don't, like, don't uh, force it. I, yeah, I'm glad we didn't go through. through. I feel like uh, Herbert, like you guys said, I mean, he should score at will here. So, three touchdowns and then – Maybe sprinkle an extra one in there. There's 28 points. And then I think I think uh, the Jets can hang in there a little bit on offense. So I'm going to take the over.
1: All right, moving on. We got the highest total game on the week. Green Bay traveling to Indy to take on the Colts. Colts, all favorites here. Uh, at home, Green Bay struggled, survived against Jacksonville Indy. Uh, impressive win going into Tennessee and getting it done. So injury-wise, Jack Doyle remains in the concussion protocol. So he obviously got his bell rung pretty good. Uh, Green Bay side, Alan Lazard uh, will be cited tomorrow. So Wednesday, if he's going to make uh, his return here. But Derek, I'm going to go to you here. We know the Green Bay side is pretty simple. It's Rodgers, it's Jones, it's Adams. So what's your priority level there in a tough matchup uh, with the Colts? But my question for you, these damn running backs on Indy, because we know this is a great matchup. It it may be the best matchup for running backs, but can you trust any of these guys? Taylor at 5.8. Uh, We saw Hines uh, reemerge, 5.2. Can we believe in that? Because we've seen this before. Coming off that big game in week one, then he disappears in week two. So, uh, breakdown. Green Bay, can we pay these prices against Indy? And then these Indy running backs, anyone stand out above the rest here against Green Bay?
2: Yeah, so uh, the one guy that I haven't talked uh, too highly on that hasn't uh, hurt me yet is Jonathan Taylor. He just looks terrible out there. So, uh, get (laughs) ready for a big game from him coming up but no I mean Naheem Hines he's always been known as a pass catching back and he's finally getting some work in the running game 12 carries it's a season high had 70 yards in the touchdown against the Titans and he's also going to get you know a bunch of targets each and every week Philip Rivers similar to Alex Smith just wants to check the ball down and Hines has had uh, three multi-touchdown games already this season so if I'm playing anyone in that backfield it's going to be Hines he played a season high 55 percent of the snaps as well last week Maybe they're just going to start playing their best guy. Um, that's what I think they should do against the Packers here. For the passing game, you know, Phillip Rivers just doesn't have any rushing upside, so can't really play him. And uh, kind of looks like Michael Pittman might be the best receiver in this offense. Uh, I don't really want to trust any of them, though. Uh, maybe look to Trey Burton. Like you mentioned, if Jack Doyle's out, and for the Packers, it seems like Aaron Rodgers just wants to hog all the touchdowns. Anytime they get down near the goal line, they'll give uh, Jones like one carry. If he doesn't get in, you know Rodgers is taking the ball himself. He's going to throw it to Devonte Adams. Uh, but this is a very tough matchup. Indeed, fourth against the run, fourth against the pass, and DVOA. My favorite uh, target there is going to be Devonte Adams. He's just going to get a lot of targets in a competitive game. Even last week when uh, you know they were supposed to be playing with a big lead in the wind, in the snow, all that, still had 12 targets touchdown machine. So give me Devontae over Jones this week.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of leaning the same. I mean, Andy, yeah, they're, they're top five against both the run in the past, but they've been super impressive against the run. So uh, I just don't know if Jones, we already know he's splitting time already uh, with Jamal Williams. So I, I kind of lean Adams here as well. So chop, same questions for you. Priority on green Bay. Is it, is it the passing game, the running game and then break down these Colts running backs? Uh, Taylor Hines. And I guess we throw Wilkins in there, but uh, mainly Taylor and Hines thoughts on those guys.
3: Yeah, I was uh, looking at the, that game last week. It was a, a, a an island game for Indianapolis. And so, you know, I did my showdown show and I wasn't really thinking much about Naheem Hines, but Eric Bime for sold me on him. And then, then Hines goes out and does that. And I had to look deeper and yeah, he's, I think he's the guy you would want to play out of these three guys. Doesn't mean, you know, you, you want to play him every week or whatever, but he's the guy you would want to play out of him if you had to pick one. It just – Jonathan Taylor just doesn't look the part right now. Jordan Wilkins is – yeah I don't think he's very much of an NFL running back. So, Hines is the guy. And uh, the passing game is pretty weak for Indianapolis. And I, I don't – I won't play Rivers, and I don't think I'll play any of his targets in in the near future. They just don't. I don't know. They just don't do it for me, man. They just don't click, especially against Green Bay, who's better against the pass, and that's kind of what they're designed to do is give up run but shut down pass. So I don't want, it. I don't want any of those Indianapolis pass catchers. For, for Green Bay, Indianapolis has been very good against the run, like you guys said. So I, I think you know, Aaron Jones, man, he could get four touchdowns any week against anybody. That's just the kind of player he is. So he could be a GPP winning running back this week at low ownership. Wouldn't put it past him, but on paper this is such a tough matchup. I don't have a lot of interest in him, but I will go back to Devonte Adams. I think we're looking at. If I'm gonna give my rough blitz projection here. Then we'll call it the chop blitz, I guess. Devonte, oh, we, we gonna, gotta have
1: something better than that.
3: Okay, I don't know the, the chop the block, chlitz, the, the <laughs> chlitz. We'll call it the chlitz. Did you not have a video years ago? The chopping, chopping block? block. Yeah, see, I like that. That's- okay. Devontae is going to – I think he's going to catch 10 passes, squeak out the 100-yard bonus, not by very much though, and he'll get in the end zone again, maybe once, maybe twice. But that's what he does. You look at Indianapolis, yes, they are good at limiting the passing game, keeping things in front, but they'll still give up volume to guys. So uh, I, think, I think Devontae Adams is going to have another one of those big games. Like last week was – he got targeted, but, man, he got a touchdown taken off the board with a penalty. It wasn't a particularly good game for him. I think the volume comes back this week, so I like Devontae quite a bit. And it's not a big price tag either compared to, you know, what we've seen from number one wide – like Michael Thomas at times last year over 9K, you know, things like that. 8.6 is very reasonable.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, it's small sample police are going to come after me. But road games, he's put up some massive numbers. I mean, at Minnesota week one – DraftKings. You know that Tampa Bay game was a debacle, but at Houston, 47.6. At San Fran, 36.3. So uh, those are the road games this season. So I I think it's a great spot here uh, for Adams as well. Chop's calling the Chop Blitz, whatever the hell we're calling it. You you basically gave him a 30 burger there, Chop. So 8.6, that's kind of what we need, but I think he's squarely in play uh, here against Indy. What about a bet here, Chop? Colts? Minus two and a half at home, 51 and a half on the total.
3: Oh, man. I'm going to take the over in this game because I think uh, somehow the Colts, even though I don't like their offense for fantasy, they just keep finding ways to score points. So they'll score. And I, I know Aaron Rodgers can keep pace, so I'm taking the over.
1: I'm going to take uh, – I'm a little homerism here, but I'm going to take Green Bay with the points. Uh, I just – I worry about Indy trying to slow this game down as far as that total goes, so I'll, I'll just take the two-and-a-half, uh, hope for a close game, and uh, hope for a Green Bay win. Derek, what do you got?
2: Packers going to put up points on anyone, and I think the Colts should be able to put up points against Packers. Give me the over.
1: All right. Last game. we got chops. Cowboys coming off a bye uh, with the return of Andy Dalton. Everything's going to be all right now. Chop. Andy Dalton is back uh, traveling to Minnesota. Uh, take on the Vikings coming off that win uh, in Chicago. No major injuries on the Dallas side, obviously coming off a bye. Uh, Minnesota just Irv Smith. Uh, we saw miss week 10. He remains questionable. So uh, chop. We'll start with you here. Uh, half kidding, but uh, Dalton can't be much worse than, than what we've seen here. And Uh, What really stood out uh, initial look was the pricing uh, on these Dallas receivers. So I know it hasn't been pretty, but Amari Cooper down to 5.4. C.D. Lamb, 5K. Michael Gallup, uh, who's kind of fallen out of favor, but 3.7K. So interest level there in any of those guys. Can Dallas get anything going here? Uh, And the rest of your thoughts here for the last game, Dallas and Minnesota.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll start off on the Minnesota side, uh, like. Dalvin Cook is set up here pretty good. This is this was a pretty atrocious run defense before they caught their bye, bye week. Now, you know, they didn't give up very much to James Conner, but look at James Conner since that game. He just they're just not feeding James Conner. The game before that, Boston Scott was the number one back. Eh, it's Boston Scott. Antonio Gibson got his hundred-yard bonus against him. Kenyon Drake's done nothing all year long. He got his hundred-yard bonus right before that. So They've given it up to running backs, and these guys like to feed Dalvin Cook, so he's in a spot, and I know the ownership is going to be massive and all that other good stuff, so take that for a win. The price tag is massive, so we'll see how that plays out, but uh, Dalvin Cook is obviously should be number one in most people's rankings headed into this weekend, and Justin Jefferson looks good. Adam Thielen looks good. I don't know which one you decide to go with. They're both about the same price now, and I think they're both very adequate, and this is a good matchup. So we know what to play on Minnesota. I think Dallas is the one that's going to be super interesting because, yeah, I do expect them to be a lot better than they were with Ben DiNucci. It's not going to be Dak Prescott better, but Dalton has got – he is definitely an upgrade from Ben DiNucci, man, and uh, Connor Connor Rush or whoever that was last time. That was terrible. These guys were terrible, so – Dalton's an upgrade, and we haven't seen Dalton in the offense with a healthy offensive line. We still won't, but at least it'll be healthier than when he got hurt because they were really struggling with health at that time. Now at least he's got a few guys back. I think Amari Cooper is going to reassert himself as the number one with Andy Dalton there, so I love this price tag on Amari Cooper. That's my number one guy in this game, Amari Cooper.
1: Yeah, I think you could do a little, little mini stack there. I mean, Cook, yeah, he's he's going to be popular, no doubt, you know. But with good reason, we've seen him be chalk and still win people tournaments. So uh, maybe a Cook and a little, little skinny stack, as the kids are calling it, with with Amari on the other side. I think makes a lot of sense. So Derek, let's go over to you. Wrap us up here for Week Eleven, Cowboys and Vikings
2: always funny to me when a professional athlete won't swear. Uh, My friend sent me a video the other day of uh, all the Kirk Cousins highlights when he's really mad and he's, gosh, darn it, darn dang it, (laughs) throwing his helmet down. Uh, So I found that pretty comical if you guys want to watch that. And then uh, also I've never seen somebody celebrate, you know, a first down late in the game like Kirk Cousins did um, on Monday night. I don't know if you guys saw that. They got like eight yards and he was pumped. He'd never beat the Bears. He'd never won on Monday night football. So uh, I guess he finally got that monkey off his back. but. Great spot for the Vikings offense. Like you guys mentioned, Dalvin Cook deserves to be the number one running back this week. 34 touches last week. They're not even really spelling him with uh, Alexander Madison very often. I mean, he's getting like two or three carries a game at this point, and they want to run the ball. So 25-plus touches for Dalvin Cook in a good matchup at home. I will take that all day, every day. Uh, Jefferson and Thielen both too cheap, like chart mentioned. I think they're both viable. And I think you can actually pair one of them with Dalvin and hopes to, you know, kind of get all the passing game production through one of the receivers and then all the running game production through Dalvin. And for the Cowboys, yeah, uh, Dalton's definitely an upgrade to this offense. And the best way to beat Minnesota is with receivers. So I think you can uh, look to those receivers. They are pretty cheap and they are indoors. So I do like this game quite a bit.
1: All right, Tarek, last betting pick. Vikings minus eight and a half. The total sitting at 47 and a half.
2: Uh, I like the over. I think the Cowboys can put up some points here.
1: Uh, I'm torn on this one. I'm gonna let's go to Chop see what he thinks. I'm not gonna force one here, but uh, I need a minute.
3: I mean, my initial instinct here was uh, coming off a bye. Dallas can score some points. I'm gonna take the over. Three, four, three,
2: three, four,
3: three. <laughs> that was my
1: initial lean. So. I, uh... I don't want the spread looks like where it should be. I, I just don't want to lay points I'll Yeah. I'm going go to, I'm going to go the over. Hopefully I didn't force it there, but uh, that was the initial thought. So two Minnesota's deep playing better, but uh, I think they'll score points. I think Dallas will be able to put up points. I'll go over there as well. So does that give us an official betting card here? I, I got a us three. down for, for Pittsburgh minus 10 and Vikings over. Am I missing anything? Actually, no, you're right, because Chop did
2: the
3: over on the one. We did the under.
1: So, only two. So, little little, little mini. Those yeah, are not fun, though. Two-team nah, two marine fun.
3: Yeah, sometimes you just got to play a little cash games instead of all the GPP. <laughs> that's
1: it. Take, take <laughs> that's the little fun. victories when they're there. Absolutely. So, all right, guys. As always, uh, favorite play, favorite stack. So, uh, who, who's ready to, to give the peeps their favorite play?
3: Oh man, I mean, uh, I'll go, I'll go with it. Just from strictly, this is just GPP stuff here. But Herbert to Mike Williams this week is going to be my GPP stack. Uh, I think some of that Keenan Allen volume goes to Mike Williams this week in a cakewalk, and Herbert puts up big numbers.
1: All right, I'm going to go with the uh, Pittsburgh stack. I don't know. How, we don't have any ownership. I'm sure it'll be popular, of course. But uh, I think, and, and Chop, I agree with you. If I had to leave somebody out, it would have been Claypool, even with that upside. But uh, Ben to any of these guys, I really like Deontay Johnson this week. So I'll say Ben to Deontay and Juju, uh, with Deontay being one of my favorite plays of the week. Derek, what do you got?
2: I'm going Cam Newton with Jacoby Myers, his favorite target. Cam's just been uh, running the ball a ton, and I like bringing it back with Duke Johnson. I know he was bad last week. I know the Texans aren't great at running the ball, but maybe they get involved in the passing game this time around.
1: All right, that'll wrap us up here for week 11 with the DFS OGs. Guys, any final thoughts? I got one more NBA question for you. Who was the top pick in this draft? Derek?
2: Dude, I don't actually don't pay a ton of uh, attention to the draft until they make it to the NBA, but uh, Lamelo is supposed to
1: be good, right? Lamelo, <laughs> Lamelo is one of the one of the candidates for sure. Chop, I I know you know some some college basketball. Who's the top pick here?
3: Uh, well, I think they're saying it's going to be Mellow. I think uh, it probably should be Anthony Edwards. Yep. I think is a kid from Georgia or or wherever. But yep. I tell you, I get a I give you a sleeper though, man. A a, a guy a kid I think is going to be really good five years from now. Precious Achua. Look at that. Precious. He played for uh, Memphis last year. He's a a young kid. And uh, I I got to see him a lot because I follow Houston basketball. And this kid is a monster.
1: All right. Write that one down. If you're in in the basketball card market, I know Chop spends a lot of time with cards. So that could be one to buy, buy early and invest in. So, uh, any final thoughts, guys? Week 11, NBA, uh, your voodoo job on Drew Brees, whatever you want to talk about here. Chop, season long. We got to get the quick update. We know you We know you took the L because for some godforsaken reason, you played Carson Wentz over Herbert. So, playoff push. How are we looking? Where are we
3: standing? Real quick, let's get an update. Real quick, uh, right now, if it ended today, I'd still be in the playoffs because I've got – I've got 200 more points than the next team out. So uh, like the first three guys, it'll go by record. So they're going to be locked in there. Then the the fourth spot is decided by whoever's got the most total points after that. So that's going to be me. I'm pretty good for the playoffs. Let's put it like that. I did take the L last week. It's more of a pride thing. You know, I don't I want to take the L to Henry. Henry is a guy who, uh, yeah, I should be smoking Henry, man. He he's not on my level, but and that's that's pretty. I'm disgusted in myself for that one. So, but uh, I'm back. I'm gonna be back on the horse this week, man. I got a good lineup. I feel good about this week. All right, Derek.
1: Final thoughts here, week eleven.
3: Not
2: too much on my end. Getting ready for some Thanksgiving, so maybe we'll have a a little segment on the holiday next week.
1: Oh, Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Tonight oh, we're
2: yeah. definitely uh,
1: <laughs> definitely gonna have our holiday special next week. I know everybody looks forward to that, but we will talk the Thanksgiving slate. Uh, along with the rest of week 12, uh, we'll try to get that out. We usually record on Tuesday, so it should be plenty of time uh, for you guys. Thursday, always a fun day to play some DFS. So uh, we will definitely break those games down uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel, our favorite bets, uh, along with the rest of the main slate. So we will not uh, leave that out. We'll talk our holiday plans, uh, what we're doing for Thanksgiving as well. So guys, make sure you tune in next week for that. For Head Chopper, for Notorious I Am Beer saying salut, guys. Thank you as always for listening. Good luck this week and we'll see you back for our holiday special talking week 12. We're out.